Amen. Social changes Yeah. Cheryl, I have a Bible that I can see from up here, too. <laughs> That's what happens when we have kids that are 26 years old, right? <laughs> no, I'm good. It doesn't last long. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, get started. A couple things I, I need to say. First of all, is, uh, Jay, I can't, I'm sorry, but when you said you can go out back to tithe, I was thinking if you don't tithe, God might take you out back and take care of you, right? Okay. <laughs> Uh, then the second thing I thought of is that uh, Jay has to be one of the best, or he is the best, hype man that we have in Portage <laughs> County. <laughs> I love to hear his, I love, yeah, you just do a great job, Jay. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, and then finally, congratulations to the uh, engaged couple back there. Now, I, I should say congratulations to you, Lucas, because she said yes. I mean, that's a big stretch, right? All right? So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Congratulations to both of you guys. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to First John chapter 4. You know, I was thinking uh, as we were entering into this year, I was thinking how could I launch... Uh, you know, what, what would be a good sermon to do at the first day of the year? And, um, you know, Chaz did a wonderful job of communion and, and uh, stole everything that I was going to say today, so we'll just wrap up and pray and leave. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't get too excited, Jason, back there. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> um, no, but uh, again, this is a wonderful start to the new year, and, and between Chaz and Jay and talking about, you know, last year, I, I was reflecting on last year. Last year was some of the greatest times of my life and some of the worst times of my life, and balancing between those two was, it's, it's just been crazy, because I want to be really happy about what happened in 2022, and I, but then my head goes back to, you know, losing my father and all of those things, and it's a very difficult balance between those two. But uh, Jay couldn't have said it any better. When we focus on the positives, that's what matters, you know. And the positive is not only that we had a blessed 2022, but my father is in heaven with his Lord and Savior, and that's an amazing blessing. But as we look back to our previous year, I just want to start out today by asking you to just for a moment glance back to last year. And let's think about this. What have you learned from 2022 that you can carry forward into 2023? Now, there's many things that we can talk about, but uh, one of the things I love doing at this time of the year is just spending time. I am uh, the first year, the first two years, or first two years, the first two weeks of the year have always been a time for me to build goals for the coming year. It started many years ago when I was in the uh, business world and I would practice this and we would set one, three, five-year goals and we would write those out and, and clearly, plainly have those written out so that we knew what we could try to achieve. I do that also in my personal life, looking at what I want to achieve in 2023, and, but I start all of this with looking back into 2022 and asking myself, what happened in 2022 that was successful, and what was in 2022 did I fail at? Now, this is not what good and bad happened, because you can't sometimes control things. I can't control when the Lord takes my father home. But I can control things that I did, my actions, my hands, my, my words that come out of my mouth. And so when I look back, I look back in the year and I ask myself, what did I fail at and what did I succeed at? And the reason why is that because every year we should build upon something. Our life in Christ is never intended to be a beginning and an end. It's intended to always be a growing experience until we are at his feet when we will fully be uh, able to realize the grandeur and the amazingness of who God really is. But it isn't until we die and we are at his feet that we notice that, that we get to experience the fullness of who he is. Yet, in all of that... God gives us this opportunity for us to have a relationship with him today, right now, here. 
Listen, your relationship with Christ isn't meant to build something up in heaven. It's meant to build your life today, here, now, in this place. The kingdom of God is here with us today. Not tomorrow, not when we die and we go to heaven, but today. When you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you accept him into your heart, and that means you are walking with him, and which means you can have a revelation, if you will, of who God is in your life. And you can continue to build upon that. And so we look back in 2022 and I ask myself, where did I fail at? But this also isn't just, this isn't just about, you know, did I make a mistake in saying words or actions or those types of things, but how did I do in serving the Lord in 2022? Where can I, where can I improve? Now this isn't to, to bash anyone or bash myself in any way, but this is to do a realistic view of where we are at in the previous year. But as we move forward, we have to understand, as we look at those things, we have to take inventory of those things, take inventory of all those things, but God also, Jesus, in his own word, says, do not turn back, do not look back, do not allow yourself to be plowing and look back, because guess what happens if you're plowing the field and you look back? right? You ever driven in a car and look back and you're like this and the next thing you know, you're almost off the side of the road? Logan? Uh, <coughs> um, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. <laughs> but we all have to understand these things. We all have to understand that we should not look back and dwell on the past, but use the past to move forward, taking a step in the right direction. Let's read this verse and then we'll pray. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in him abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love, by this, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may, can, may have confidence for the day of judgment, because he is so also are we in this world. Let's pause and pray, and then we'll continue on. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the new start of what a new year means, Father. It's such an amazing time when we could put to rest what happened in the years past, but also look forward to what's going to happen in the year going forward. Lord, help us today to learn to abide in you more in 2023. Father, help us to have clarity of vision and understanding of where you want us to be. Help us today, Father, as we celebrate this new year to celebrate you and what you want to do in us moving forward, Father. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you. We ask you all of these things in your most precious and holy name. We ask you, Lord, that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words, Father. And we'll give you the glory because you deserve that and so much more, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's jump back to this verse just for a moment, starting at the beginning, verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Now when I see this, uh, the reason why I'm bringing this verse in and bringing this, uh, these verses in, I should say, is because the word that I believe that God has given to us this year is abide, abide in him. And when I thought about this, and I've been praying on this for a while, I was thinking, what does it mean to abide in Jesus? Have you ever asked yourself, what does it mean truly to, when Paul said, or when, I'm sorry, when John says, by this we know that we abide in him. We have to define this word, abide, because I believe one of the goals that I have, and one of the goals I think the Lord is asking us as a church in 2023, is to abide more in him in 2023. What does that mean, though? We have to understand what this word abide means. What the word abide means is that we agree with, that we work up into, that we are part of, or that he is a part of us. See, the simple fact is, is simply this. When we abide in Jesus, what that means is that nothing else in this world matters. 
We don't have to worry about the past. We don't have to worry about the bad things because we are abiding in him. One of the mistakes I think Christians often make is that we accept Jesus Christ for salvation, but then we walk away from him or we keep our distance from him. Jesus wants us to abide in him. What that means is find refuge in him, find protection in him, find covering in him. Abiding also is another term for covering, so we can find covering in him. When you're facing issues and you're facing problems in your life, if you're abiding in Jesus, what that means is that a covering of him will be upon you and he will help you move forward. And so when we look at this word abide, when we think about this, what we need to do is we need to focus on him in every aspect of our life. One of the lives, I should say, one of the things that we do too often is that we seem to try to find the solutions to our own problems. We don't wait for God to reveal to us what he wants us to do. Instead, we try to find the answer to these things. We try to do more of these things. What I believe God is asking us to do is have trust and faith in him and abide in him and let the answers come from him. Don't just rip out your Discover card. Don't just rip out your MasterCard or your Visa or your American Express and and just whip it out. No, wait for God. Abide in him. Wait for him to answer these questions. Wait for him to provide for us. Wait for him to give to us. But it takes more than just me. It takes more than just the leaders. It takes all of us learning to abide in him to be successful in where he wants us to go. I love John because he says we can be assured of God's Holy Spirit who is residing in us. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how do I know for sure that God's Holy Spirit is resting inside of me? How do I know that? That's a great question, one of the questions that we should always look and answer. But the simple fact is that knowing who is inside of you will help us move forward in the new year. If you know that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you're abiding in him, what that means is that he is going to help you go forward. Too often what we do is instead of listening to the small, still small voice that's inside of us that's called the Holy Spirit, we listen to the voices on the outside which causes us to do or find ourselves in more trouble. Abiding more in him means to seek after him, to search after him, to wait upon him. All these wonderful things that none of us like to do, right? Patience, nah, I don't want that. Waiting, I don't want that. No, thank you. No, but what this means is that if we rest in him, see those words, patience and waiting, all of those things seem negative, but instead what God is asking us to do is to rest in him. It's hard. Have you ever tried to do something under your own power and it just doesn't seem to work? You try and you try and you try and you constantly fail. What God is saying is, abide in me. What that means is abiding doesn't mean just to follow underneath of him, but it means to take rest or take refuge in him. Find peace in him in 2023. One of the other goals that I want to do for 2023 that I think God is also calling our church to do is more of God and more of his spirit in 2023. We need to learn to listen to the voice on the inside and not reacting to the voices on the outside. It's so easy to react to things. When someone comes up to you and says, Cheddar Man, I don't like you. You make me mad because you're a holy ruler. The very easiest thing to do for Cheddar Man or me, if someone comes to me or anyone else in this room, is to respond exactly back the way that they responded to us. That is reacting. Jesus doesn't call us to react. He calls us to listen. Listen to him. Take rest in him. Abide in him. Too often the promise of the Savior of God with us is overlooked. And so we try to do this life on our own. We try to respond to things on our own. We try and we respond in our own language, in our own way. What we're really doing is reacting. What God is calling us, I believe, to do is stop reacting and start living. Reacting means that we are just going to respond without thinking. It's easy to do. When someone tells you off, what do you do? You want to tell them off. When someone cuts you off in traffic, you want to tell them that they're number one, right? That's exactly what we like to do. When someone comes and slaps you on the side of the face, what do you want to do? You want to throat punch them, right? That's what you want to do exactly back to them. When someone comes and yells at you, what do you want to do? You want to yell back. It's reacting. It's a reactionary lifestyle. That's not what God is calling us to do. See, too often God calls us to just take a step back, take a deep breath. 
and allow them to react. For us to be the thermostat and not the thermometer, as I have said multiple times in sermons in the past. We need to learn to drown out the voices on the outside instead of hearing the spirit on the inside. See, too often what we do is we hear all of the voices on the outside and we get encouraged or we get motivated by what's going on on the outside instead of being motivated by who is on the inside of us. We are promised, 1 John chapter, uh, what we just read, 1 John chapter 4, Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. If you are in Christ, that means you have the spirit on the inside of you. You shouldn't question whether that spirit's on the inside of you. It is on the inside of you. And so how do you do this? How do you react or how do you respond? How do you listen instead of reacting? You know that the spirit's inside of you. You have no shadow of a doubt. You have no question. The spirit's on the inside of you and you can respond in him. So listen to him instead of reacting to the voices on the outside. That's so easy to say. (laughs) I was just sitting up here thinking, that's so easy for me to set up here on this pulpit and tell you, don't react, listen. But you know what? One of the hardest things that you'll have to do in 2023 is not react. One of the hardest things you'll have to do is pause yourself, pause the anger, pause the anguish, all of those things, all of those things that boil up inside of you and just say, let me listen to that still small voice that's inside of me. When everything around you seems to be crashing, can we find peace in God? Can we find peace in his spirit who is inside of you? Can you know beyond a shadow of doubt that the Holy Spirit's inside of you and he wants to guide you and direct you? You can have all of those things, but it takes us actively trying to do these things. I realized uh, before I came up here when we were during worship, there's a hundred days between now and Easter. Isn't it amazing to think about this? We have a hundred days. Oh, I think it's a hundred exactly, but a hundred days from now to Easter. Do you know Christmas prepares us for Easter? Without Christmas, we don't have Easter. But here's the thing. In those hundred days, what are you going to do? Hundred days, right? We just went through COVID, and when they talked about four weeks for better or for a cure, or six weeks for this or whatever, you know, all of the uh, nonsense that they were spewing out a few years ago. But you have a hundred days. A hundred days in itself seems really, really short. Much like, you know, when you're engaged and you're waiting for that wedding day to come, that seems like a really short period of time. But it's really a long period of time. But yet, it seems really short. Well, 100 days seems really short, but yet again, it's 100 days. That's over three months. What are you going to do to prepare your heart for Easter in 100 days? What are you going to do to know that the Spirit of God is living inside of you so that you can come to Him and celebrate on Easter Sunday and say, I have reacted less and listened a whole lot more. Our job is not to try to do something that's outside of our power. Our job is to hear the voice that's inside of us so that we can do the power that he has inside of us in those areas and move forward. When we search and find his voice, our world will be so much better. We need to stop seeking to please this place and instead seek to please him. Why are we seeking to please the world around us? Why are we seeking to be people pleasers and the people around us? There's only one person that you need to please, and that's Jesus Christ and God the Father. You don't need to please me. You don't need to please anyone else. You just If you are doing what God has called you to do, guess what? People are going to appreciate you. People are going to like you. People are going to want to be around you because there's something about being with God and when that someone, there's something about when someone is with God that makes people want to be with them. It's true. You ever found the nicest people? You ever run into someone and you're like, I know that there's something different about that person. What is it about that person? And then you later find out that they're following God, that their heart's in the right place. There's something about what when we respond to the spirit inside of us instead of responding to ourselves. One of the other goals that I think our church is being called, what we're being called for, is knowing the depth of his love for us in 2023. A relationship with a loving God will be the only thing that matters in 2023. You better know that God loves you beyond a shadow of a doubt because what you're going to face in 2023 is not going to be easy. I can guarantee you that. I can stand up here and say that. The culture is not going to amazingly just get better overnight. 
We're not going to worry. We're not going to go from having all of these culture wars and everything that we're talking about and all of the, the downcast of the society and where we're at today to this beautiful Christian society and have these wonderful things. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry to be bleak, and I'm sorry to say this, but it's not going to happen in 2023. In fact, if you read scripture, you know that it's going to progressively get worse every single day and every single year. And so we should understand the depth of God's love for us in 2023. Why? Is because we need to be confirmed in that love in our hearts. No one else needs to confirm that for us. We only need his confirmation on our hearts and the love that he has for us. We have to stop looking to God as our eternal punisher and instead see the love that he has for us. If I asked you today, do you know that God loves you? I wonder how you would respond. Do you know that God loves you even despite your greatest sin of your life? If you can take back and you can look at the greatest sin that you ever did in 2023, 2022, sorry, when I was writing this sermon, I could not. I kept writing 2021. I'm like talking about living in the past, right? I kept writing 2021. I'm like, why? But it, honestly, think about this for a moment. Take the great. You know, listen. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass anyone in this room. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and tell us what your greatest sin was in 2022. But you all know what it is. We all do. So take that greatest sin and understand that God loves you, even in spite of. That's sin. Even though you knew that you sinned against God, even though you knew what you were doing, and you chose to do it anyway, God still loves you. He's not an internal punisher that's up in heaven waiting to flash a, a lightning bolt down and strike your behind because of something you did. No, he's instead, like he was with Adam and Eve in the garden, beckoning to you, where are you? Come to me. I want to spend time with you. God is calling us to seek and know the true depths of his love for us. Why? Because listen, if we understand the love that Jesus, that God has for us, it changes everything. Listen, too often churches, and, and this includes us, make the relationship with God about salvation and nothing more. It's not about salvation, although salvation is a wonderful thing. Listen, I'm not, I'm not standing here telling you that salvation, no, salvation is wonderful because guess what? We get to spend eternity with God. But what's most important about that is that it forms a relationship with God. A relationship with God is what matters, not salvation. Salvation is a byproduct, is a, is a blessing from God for what we get. What matters most is the relationship that God loves us. And if you understand that, if you truly grasp a hold of that, guess what? It changes everything. When you fell in love with your spouse or your significant other, did you just automatically go, hey, great, you're married to me now. I don't have to do anything, right? If Pastor Chaz didn't do anything nice for Miss Tanya, she would beat beat him with that cane that she has. I know that for sure. And he would deserve it. He might still deserve it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, So, sorry. I have to start out the new year in the right way. Come on, right? No, but the truth of the matter is, listen, we love each other. And so because you love someone and you have a relationship with them, what are you willing to do? You're willing to do anything. You buy them flowers. You buy them gifts. You tell them how, how pretty they are. You tell them how wonderful they are. You do nice things for them. You do all these things. Why? Because you want to grow in your relationship with that person. If we understand that God loves us so much so that he wants to have a relationship with us, guess what? We would be willing to do whatever we needed to do to grow in that relationship with him. If we would stop looking at church and Christianity as a salvation thing and look at it as a relationship, then it changes everything because that relationship causes us to love him. And then we no longer have to worry about coming to church and being a burden about, oh, I got to get up on New Year's Day and go to church. No, guess what? If you really love Jesus and Jesus really loves you, then guess what? You get to come to church on New Year's Day because it's a blessing. It's something you want to do. Guess what? If you come to church and you're like, oh, I have to tithe because that's what I have to do. No, what? guess what? If you're in love with Jesus and you're in love with God and you're truly following him, then you get to do those things. It's not something that you have to do. In fact, you can't wait to do those things because that is the relationship you're having with him. You want to grow in that relationship with him because of what he has done for you and what he is still doing for you to this very day. 
It's about a relationship. It's about a love. But until we understand the depths of that love that he has for us, we miss out on the most wonderful thing that God ever had for us. I don't, I feel really sad for the Christians that only understand Jesus through salvation. You know why? Because they miss out on everything else. They miss out on walking with him every single day. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would so convict them that they would understand that this is about a relationship with him. That he wants to be in love with you as much as you should want to be in love with him. And that he wants to do all of these wonderful things for you. See, we make Christianity all about what we have to do. I have to read my Bible. I have to pray. I have to go to church. I have to tithe. I have to share the gospel. I have to do all of those things. If we would stop looking at Christianity in that way and look at Christianity as a relationship, do you say, I have to love my wife? I have to love my husband? No. The truth of the matter is, is that you get to love God and you get to love your wife. You get to love your husband. You chose to love your husband. You chose to love your wife. And so God chose to love you and you get to choose to love him. But what are you going to do with it? It's a question. And what I'm saying to you today is in 2023, God wants us to know the true reality of the depth of love that he has for us. He's not leaving you alone. He's not abandoning you. He's not divorcing you. He hasn't walked away. Contrary to what everyone else says about what the world around us is, God is much alive and much in love with us today. But do you know the depths of that love? One of the other things I want to do is I want to love like God in 2023. See, the problem is that Christianity has forgotten what God... The reason why our world is in the place that that it is is our fault. You know that? <laughs> I, I, it's our fault because guess, guess what? In the 19... When was the Great Depression? 1923. 1923, 24, 25, something like that. What's that? 29, thank you. 1929, the Great Depression happened. You know what happened in the Great Depression? People lost their jobs... People were dying. People were doing all of these things. And you know what was going on? The American church had stopped serving the people. Previous to this point, for years and years and years, what the church did was it served people. It it was the place that you could come. If you were without food, you came to church. If you're in need of help, you're a widow or an orphanage or orphan, you came to church. Why? Because that was a safe environment that God would work through the people in that place to serve those people. In the 1920s, during the Great Depression, what happened is that we walked, when I say we, I mean Christians, walked away from that. And guess who stepped in? The government, yeah. Now, I'm not going to teach a history class because I don't have enough time to do it. But the New Deal, right? (laughs) The social services, all of those things started during that period of time. That's when... Food stamps came around. That's when government assistance came around. All of those things. Why? Because the church stopped serving the world. And why did they stop serving the world? It's because they started focusing on themselves and not focusing on God. See, when we stop and we, when we take a hard look at this and we understand, when we forget in the 1880s, before 1880, what happened is that the church was all about the kingdom of God, meaning the kingdom of God was here. When you would, if you go back and you, and I've done this, but if you go back and you research some of the sermons by some of the greatest preachers before 18, in, before 1880s, what you find is you'll find the word kingdom more often in the, in the sermons. Why? Because they weren't focused about salvation. They weren't focused about individuality. They were focused about what God was doing in the church to serve the people. And then what happened somewhere in the 1880s is that we begin to focus, instead of on the kingdom of God, we begin to focus on the salvation of people. 
When you begin to focus on the salvation of people and you only focus on that salvation of people, what happens is that you begin to teach people to think only about themselves and not anything else. When the goal of church becomes to save people and do nothing else besides that, what happens is that people no longer care about the kingdom of God. They no longer care about helping the people in the community. They no longer worry about reaching out. Why? Because they're only worried about getting that salvation stamp on their behind so that they can achieve and enter into heaven. Enter into the Great Depression. The church walks away completely. The government walks in and does those things. And we find from that point forward all the way till today the impacts of that. What is the impacts of that? Exactly 1920 began the decrease of Christian attendance in churches. Took a while, but we can track all the way back down to the 1920s is when the decrease of attendance in church started. And it has fast-forwarded till today. And when I say fast-forwarded, it's going quickly. That was easy. Quickly and quicker. <laughs> quickler. <laughs> quickler than ever. New word. New word, yeah. Why? Because we forgot that God loves us. And because God loves us, he calls us to love others. And so instead of loving others, what we do is we worry about each other in this tight little room and we don't focus on anything outside. We don't focus on loving other people. It is why I have set up here for years, for 18 years now, and since Pastor Chaz has been with us, Pastor Chaz has been standing up here for this, uh, 10 years now? Has it been 10 years? 11 years? <laughs> Doesn't see. Man, it's been a long time. We've been standing up here for years saying discipleship is the key. Why? Because we have to stop focusing on us. And through discipleship, what discipleship does is it tells you and teaches you about God so that you can focus on others. And what that means is that we must learn to love others like God loves us. we got to get back to this. Because, listen, we're not going to stand on the corners and win people to Christ anymore. That doesn't work. We're not going to be able to go in. What's going to, we have to change their hearts. Because if you look at the society around us, what's going on? The society around us is so cold to Christianity. We need to wake them up. We need to shock them. What's going to shock them? When you love them like they've never been loved before. Can you love someone who doesn't think the same way you do? Can you love someone who comes up to you and says, Oh, you're just a bunch of Christians. You don't think that I can have the right to be who I want to be. I want to be a boy, not a girl. I want to be a man, not a woman. I want to be a woman, not a man. Was the very first thing that happens when when someone, they think the Christians are going to respond to them and say, yeah, you're messed up. And perhaps they are. In fact, we know they are. But that's not what's important. When we love them, even because of that, the only reason why they're that way is because they don't know the love of Jesus and the love that Jesus created them to be. And the reason why they don't know that is because we haven't shown them that. It's our job as Christians to not only grasp the depth of love that God has for us, but then in turn, when we grasp a hold of that and we learn what that is, to turn and give that to others around us to open that up and let them see the love of Jesus through us. I don't know why, but God chose us to be his hands and feet. He chose us to share this love with others. Does that mean he can't do it on his own? Absolutely not. My Bible reading has me in Revelations, and I, it's amazing to see what God can do, not only from a destroying of the world, but also saving those that are followers of him. God can do whatever he wants, but he chooses to use you and I. Listen, make it your goal in 2023 to love like God, to learn to love like he loves. To love like Jesus in 2023, however, means I must be okay with dying to myself. Why? Because it's not going to be... Listen, you can't think of yourself and love others. In order to love others, you got to die to yourself. you got to swallow that hard pill and say, it's not about me, it's about other people. That's what God's calling us to do. I was praying about this message this week. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. I was praying about this message this week. 
And I was asking the Lord, Father, what is it that you want us to do? These are the things that God had opened up in my mind and my eyes to see. But then clearly, (laughs) as clear as day, I heard this alarm clock going off. And I thought, it was weird because it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, why is there an alarm clock going off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? And I went into my bedroom and I thought, wait a minute, I don't even have an alarm clock in my bedroom. My phone is my alarm clock and it's right there. And so I started praying, asking the Lord, what is this that you want me to say? What is this? Why am I hearing an alarm clock? And this is the, I believe that the Lord has given a prophetic word for our church and for us as Christians. And not only us, but Christianity as a whole. The alarm clock is going off. But the question for us that God is asking us is, will we wake up or we, will we continue to slumber? It's time to rise and not hit the snooze button. Listen, the easiest thing this morning was to hit the snooze button. And it assured me even more about this message. This morning as I was laying in bed, as my wife was getting ready, I was laying in bed, I'm thinking to myself, all I really want to do is fall back asleep. That is is exactly where the Christian church is in America right now. We are asleep at the wheel. And God has said, and he has clearly spoken, I believe, to me, and I'm taking this personally for myself, and I pray that you would pray into this and see if this is a message for you. I believe that it is. I believe it's a message for our church. But I believe 2023 could be an amazing year if we would learn to wake up. I believe 2023, God wants us to do some amazing things. But you know who wants us to stay asleep? The devil. He wants you to think about sleeping. He wants you to remain asleep. He wants you to remain in your seats doing nothing. He wants you to go ahead and reach over and hit that snooze button and just take another rest for the rest of the year. Why? Because he knows that if you're awake and with God's help, when we awaken our Christian spirit inside of our heart, then he's in trouble. I believe there has been a promise given to us that if we would wake up and we would stand up and we would get about understanding the love of God in our hearts and how much he loves us and how much we need to love others, that we would be promised that we can move forward in success in this year. But it all comes down to us, much like God often does, he gives you a choice. You can allow life to come fast approaching you and to overwhelm you so much so that you forget about all of these things. I understand that this is New Year's Day. This is the first day of 2023. My question is, will you remember this message in 2000, in, in a week, in two weeks, in a month? Will you cause yourself to wake up and say, you know what, I need to wake up. I need to get serious with my faith. I need to get serious. I need to get back to praying. I need to get back to reading my Bible. I need to get back to having a relationship with a God who loves me so much so that he wants to have a relationship with you. That's the question I believe God is really asking. Today it would be simple to say yes, but will you still be saying yes in June? Will you still be saying yes in August, November? Christmas time next year. See, I believe God is having the alarm clock going off, and I believe a large portion of the church in America is going to hit the snooze button again, and they're going to snooze through another year. I don't want that. I've made a commitment in myself not to allow that to happen to me and hopefully to any of you. But ultimately, that's your choice. You get to choose. The promise that God gives to us, though, is that if we wake up and we just move forward, he will meet us there and we'll see some amazing things in 2023. It requires a commitment. It requires obedience. And it requires for you to wake up. To wake up. So can I say, wake up, church! Wake up.
Stop hitting the snooze button and follow him. Will you stand with me, please? One of the greatest questions I get all the time as a pastor is how can I experience more of God in my life? How can I experience more of the Spirit in my life? All of that starts with you making a choice to follow Him. You want more of the Holy Spirit? Start following Him. Start asking Him into your heart. You want to see more prayers and miracles? You want to see people healed? Then start praying for people to be healed. You want to see your life change? You have to make a change. 2022 is the old way. 2023 is the new way. It's not a new year and a new you. Listen, that's a, that's a very common statement that you'll hear today and over the next week. New year, new you. woo Right? No. It's not going to be a new you. Every year we get all, it's the same us. We're just a little older, right? What it has to be is a new year and a new view. That's it has to be where we take off our own eyes and we put on the eyes of Jesus. And we say, I'm going to start looking at this through his eyes and not through my own eyes. It's going to be the same you. Sorry, you're not going anywhere, hopefully. God willing. But if you have a new view, everything can change. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the amazing person that, and God that you are. We thank you for the season of Advent that we just got through in Christmas and, and even today with New Year's. But Lord, we come to you boldly. We come to you repenting and asking you, forgive us for what we did in 2022. Forgive us for the things that we have done and bring us into a new view in 2023. Father, you're going to use us the promise I believe you have made to us is that the alarm clock is going off and if we just wake up, that you'll use us and you'll cause us to have this new view. So Lord, we pray today, help us to grasp a hold of that new view. I pray today, Lord, that if there's someone here in this room or watching at home online, that they would come to an understanding. Maybe they have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. May today be that day where you ask him into your hearts. You say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Be my king. Be my savior. Come into my heart. I accept what you did on the cross for me. When you say those words with all of our eyes closed and all of our heads bowed, when you say those words, what that means is that you have started a relationship with Jesus. It's not just about salvation. Salvation is wonderful, and it's a, it's a wonderful blessing that God gives to us. But what it really means is that you have started a relationship with him. And then... It doesn't end today. This is just the beginning. It's a new love affair that you have with him. So how do I grow in that love? I seek after him. If you're here today and you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then may today be this day where you start a new relationship with Jesus. May today be this commitment where you're saying, Lord, I'm awake. I can hear you and I'm going to move forward. I need more of you. I need more of your Holy Spirit. I need more of you in my life. I need to have a deeper love relationship with you. I want to come before you and say, Lord, help me to love you more in 2023. Help me to have this new view. Help me to grow in this relationship with you. We seek you, Lord. We seek you first in all that we do. Help us, Lord, today to make that choice. Lord, I pray and I just say to those that are here in this room, these altars are open. If you want to start that relationship off in a new way and you want to come forward and do that, these altars are open. I pray that you would just accept him in that relationship that he wants with you. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
más un lugar a donde ir. September, and I have to be honest with you, I've never been on the altars since September, and I, I'm going to be open and honest with you, I, when I've come into this building every day since September, it's been a spiritual battle, and the reason why is because I feel there's something about this building, there's something about the history of this building, I should say. And I've been praying every time we come into this building and just praying that God would clean it and cleanse it, take it back. Because I believe that there's some nasty things that went on here. In fact, the more I research this, the more I know. But it's been a spiritual, it's been, I have to tell you, it's been a really spiritual battle for me. Has been. I, I went home many times, told my wife, I said, I don't like being at this building. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. Just because there's something about it. And this past week, during Advent, during Christmas, a friend of mine actually called me up and he goes, have you been praying for your building? I said, no. He goes, why not? He goes, I don't know. I've been feeling the spiritual battle. He goes, well, I want to pray with you. And so he prayed with me on the phone. And over Christmas, I was in here and I was praying. And this week, besides everything that I just shared with you, one of the things that God said was that he was cleansing this place. And that I was free to use the altars. And so I did. And so I, I want to just share with you, I want to share with you this because, see, what we need to do is we need to wake up to these things. I should have been dealing with this way back in September. This shouldn't have been something that I waited until the end of this year to deal with. This should have been something that we did the very first day we moved into this building. We didn't. Another thing I want to say is that as we do these things, we have to wake up. This is the wake up that I'm talking about. Outside of these doors in our community, right across the street, around us in Town and Ravenna, there are thousands of people that are dying right now because of hunger, because of their stupidity of not following Christ. May I say it that way? Because it truly is stupidity when you don't follow Christ. But 
whatever their reason is, whatever is going on, there's all of it. And what are we doing? What are you doing? As a church, we have to make a commitment in 2023 to go out and do all that God gives us the ability to do. Does that mean we're going to be able to solve all the world's problems and all the world's hunger? No, but we can start with just one. We can start with just one couple, one family, one one area. We can focus on them and try to serve them. But you know what that takes? It takes us collectively to wake up. It takes us all in this building to be in tune with what God is saying in our hearts and to follow him. So can I ask you today as we prepare to wrap up and lock out those doors, make a commitment today to do that, to follow after him, to love him so much so. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the cleansing of our hearts, of this building, of this place. We ask you that you would just bless our time here, Father. Bless our hands as we leave this place to go out into the community, to serve and to love them like you would love them, Father. Guide us and direct us. Make it possible for to do, to do these things, Father. Lord, you don't give us these ideas and these thoughts and these processes without giving us the ability. You bless us with the ability and the means to do what you have called us to do. And so, Father, we are asking today, 2023, the very first day, to have your blessings to move forward. Help us to know the direction you want us to go and to do the things that you want us to do. Guide us and strengthen us this day and every day, Father. We'll be sure to glorify you, honor you, and praise you because you so deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things before we are dismissed. Number one is I'm asking you for your prayers. Uh, This week I am speaking at a uh, youth rally. It'll be 100 and... 136 seventh graders I get an opportunity to preach on preach two for three days so uh, yeah Uh, and then the second thing is if you're able to stick around and help us uh, clean up that would be great we have to take down our Christmas trees and our wonderful Christmas decorations day so if you're able to and you have time uh, there's no really good football games on or anything else those all happened yesterday so stick around and help us so now God bless you all have a wonderful week If you can stay, stay. If you can't, that's fine. God bless you. We'll see you again next week.